This is Stu Epperson from the Truth Talk podcast, connecting current events, pop culture, and theology. And we're so grateful for you that you've chosen the Truth Podcast Network. It's about to start in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, and please share it around with all your friends. Thanks for listening, and thanks for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey. We are glad that you're with us today, and we are only three weeks away from boot camp. Three weeks from now, we will be at boot camp. Isn't that amazing? You guys can shake your head, but they can't hear you on the air. <laughs> yes, that's amazing. Well, David, they could hear you. The, uh, <laughs> Is that like a knock saying like my brain's Yeah, it was like a, the rattle. The, the rattle uh, came through. The marble, loose, the marble was loose. The marble was loose, yeah. We could hear that part. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, three weeks from boot camp. So if you haven't registered, go do that now. I mean, not right this moment, but soon, masculinejourney.org. Register for the boot camp coming up November 16th through 19th, which is a few weeks away. But uh, this week's topic, Danny, is, is yours. It is. Well, yeah. it's God's, but God gave it to you. Or we're, yeah. we're assuming God gave it to you. Well, yeah, good assumption. I think. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, I've thought about warfare and actually we're coming up on boot camp and we talk about warfare a lot at boot camp and and you know agreements and stuff like that and so you know leading into that and and current environment around my house has been not in my house but you know my life has been full of warfare lately and so just seemed like a good thing to talk about and, and to process some stuff in, in that and so you know because when we think about warfare Interestingly enough, a lot of time in, in modern-day American church, you don't hear a lot about warfare. And mm -hmm. we talk about that amongst ourselves some and not beating up on the church, but, you know, it's a real thing. You know, in Galatians, you know, Paul talks about the spirit warring against the flesh and the flesh against the spirit. And, you know, then there's that revelation in Scripture where it says a war broke out in heaven. But yet we're just kind of like, yeah, just come to Jesus and we'll skip all the way to glory kind of thing. So... It's a real thing, and, you know, so we, we want to kind of break that out and talk about it a little bit, some personal stories and stuff like that, so. Well, thank you, and I think Robbie has the first clip. Yeah, we're going to let Robbie start this thing. Robbie, you have the first clip, because, you know, it just it, makes sense. It just makes sense, <laughs> yeah. It could happen, you know, I didn't, you know, whatever, you know, it's pretty, it's an honor, Danny, I appreciate it very much, but this clip kind of speaks for itself. And if you don't recognize the warfare in it, you know, I don't know what to say. But, you know, when you start to hear this kind of stuff, it might take you back to the garden for a minute and, and recognize it immediately. So go ahead, Sam. This game is going down and it's all your fault. It's your fault, Marty. You've ruined me. This is all your fault. 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 If we die, it's kind of your fault. Great. So this is all my fault. This is all your fault. This is all your fault. Are you idiot. This is your fault. Looking to blame throw, but that one was Razor's fault. Yeah. So Sam, did you recognize Shrek in there just for a minute? He's in there. 
Well, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> actually, I was trying to listen to the movies and figure out what they were from. Yeah, all sorts of different. One of them was actually Shrek. He's in there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when you start hearing that word in your head, it's somebody's fault. It, you can begin to recognize that there's probably warfare. You, you'd imagine that there was a bit of warfare going on in the Garden of Eden when Adam started to say, well, it's that woman, you know, and a woman is saying it's that snake and, and on you go, right? Well, it's a woman you gave me, God. Gave yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> so ultimately it was God's fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah exactly yeah. right. So, you know, I like to think of it as this check engine going off, check engine light going off in your dash that's flashing at you. And in spite of the fact that you might have been in ministry for a number of years and you might have a Christian, you know, talk show or two or five. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> maybe you've had 14 boot camps to experience boot, uh, warfare on all sorts of levels. Let me just tell you that you can still just completely uh, ignore the warning signs and charge where no man has gone before. So, I was at Nikita's actual like man camp last week and had a real opportunity to serve, which was real honor. And I was actually on the floor praying with a man and another pastor bent down and prayed exactly what I had prayed and that the warfare was on. Right. And I was totally offended and I was completely certain it was his fault. I mean, I could not have been more certain that it was his fault, but I saw the fruit of what, what happened as he prayed that prayer that the man that was actually, you know, trying to get some breakthrough, you know, he broke and he started to get that breakthrough. And so actually the effectiveness of his prayer was good, but that didn't change the fact that I ignored my check engine light that was saying, Robbie, this is warfare, Robbie, this is warfare, Robbie, this is warfare. But all I could sense was actually I was being triggered by something my oldest sister used to always correct me, always used to do that which I'd done the right way just to show mom and dad that it had to be right. And so unbeknownst to me, you know, Satan had found just the right way to push my button. And so after we got up from the floor and I went and charged this pastor who was significantly shorter than me, and those people who know me know that I'm, you know, six foot five. And here's the way that he described it later. He said, man, I didn't know what to do. This guy's a foot taller than me and he looked like he wanted to kill me. <laughs> this wasn't funny at the time, obviously, but I was like, what are you, you know, and I, I, I started to blast him. And then fortunately some other people in ministry made me sit down. And then I watched God just completely do a mighty work amongst all the different people that were in it, that, that, the campers, whatever. And as I sat there and processed it, like, oh, wait a minute, you're hearing that, it's your fault, you're hearing that, you know, you know you're offended, you know this is warfare. Mm -hmm. And I was able actually to repent in front of everybody and, um, and get a lot of healing and, and very cool, really, because all the ministry team was there and they perceived that this pastor was, you know, at a certain level and that Robbie was at a certain level and they watched us resolve this conflict um, and, and so they thought that, you know, like, wow, Christian men can do this, can, you know, actually scream at each other and everything be okay. Um, it, you know, but again, it was him having grace from my screaming. He never screamed at me. Um, but honestly, if you know me well, you know, I still have the capability of, of going off, but you know, the Lord's working on me and hopefully I'll get on the other side of that. So that was my warfare over the weekend. This is fresh happened last weekend. So what advice would you have for somebody, right? Because in certain situations, there are fault. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's pretty clear. I mean, that there, there's fault. 
Right. But there's also still warfare going on. And so is there any advice, not just you, Robbie, but anybody would have that? How do you sort those? How do you deal with the warfare and, you know, not deal with the, you know, you have to deal with the fault sometimes, if that makes sense. Yeah, go ahead, Danny. Well, I was, I was taught years ago that you, you have to look at your side of the street. And I've always, I've countryed it up. You know, you have to clean off your own front porch first. Yeah. So there is some some ownership. Move the refrigerator. Yeah, move the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, get a couple of cars out of the yard. You know that guy. Does. I think Jesus said something about a plank in your eye. Yeah, uh, plank in your yeah. eye. It was a porch plank. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, looking at that and assessing, you know, I have a part to play in everything, and I've gone through this process over the past few weeks, but with some stuff that's going on. But the, the, analyzing, okay, I do play a part in this doesn't mean I own everything going on. And so, you know, it, it just kind of like raising the hood as we talk about right here and looking, ah, this isn't quite right. So, What, what actually really helps me mm-hmm. is that there's a verse in the 119th Psalm that says, Great peace have they that love thy law, nothing shall offend them. That's a pretty high standard. And actually, that's my check engine light. Robbie, you're offended, so what is that telling you? <laughs> it's telling you that this is warfare, and you've lost your peace. This isn't the other person's deal right now, because the plank in my eye is I'm the one who's lost my peace, right? Mm-hmm. One of the keys for me is when I start getting emotional, because my emotions, I mean, people say, oh, follow your heart, follow your emotions. No, don't. Use that as your check engine light. My grandmother, and I may have shared this before, but I'm going to do it again, had a plaque that I absolutely loved on her wall that said, keep your temper, nobody else wants it. And it was considered a real problem in my household, the way I was brought up, to explode in anger. In fact, for decades, I would never even admit I was angry, and I was eaten up inside because of that. But we have to release it, just not yeah. targeting the those that are not the enemy. There are uh, there's an awful lot of friendly fire and warfare, and we need to watch out for that. Yeah, Ephesians four fifteen says to speak the truth in love, and so what you were talking about. If there's fault, you have to uh, you have to address it, speak truth into it, but do it in love. You know, I think one of the times we 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 try to do either or. We'll speak, we'll speak the truth, but it won't be in love, or we'll, um, you know, I mean, you just kind of limit it. It's got to be both. It can't be mm-hmm. either. It has to be both of those. Or if you just speak truth, uh, truth, but it, it's it hurt, it's hurtful. You know, that's what we're kind of talking about here. So it's a balanced approach. I think you also grace plays a factor in that too. Not only grace for the person that you may perceive is at fault, but grace for yourself to actually have those feelings because I think the enemy will take it then and potentially turn it into shame and start going down that road. And then, you know, you got another foot down the path you didn't want to go. So, If you say I love you through clenched teeth, what message is actually getting delivered? Well, Andy, to your point there, that um, the truth I heard, I had a mentor, he used to say truth without a solution is cruelty. So just mm-hmm. shouting truth at somebody. Yeah. And there's no, you know, that kind of that is a cruel way to do somebody. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I think, I guess probably part of the answer would always be you go to God with the situation first before you go to the person. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and let God work through that with you. Because mm-hmm. you know, there are times you do have to, in relationships, you know, accountability is a part of relationship, yeah. right? But accountability done wrong, you know, saying I love you through clenched teeth, you know, <laughs> you know, it sends a message that you don't think it sends, right? It sends a completely wrong message. And so walking with God through it would be key because you do have to get your own emotions out of the way. You got to get, okay, what's triggering this response? What's triggering the anger? Right, it's probably not solely this situation. It's something as Robbie talked about is pushing against something from the past, right? And being able to separate those because you may still have to go deal with some fault. But in absence of God, you probably will end up being cruel and end up in a really bad spot, <laughs> you know, if you don't walk with Him through it. Uh, you reminded me of something that happened to my wife that was struck me as quite funny, but it was a relative who's a Christian, said, I have to love you because I'm told to, but I'm not going to be your friend on Facebook anymore because you're so stupid. I mean, that was basically the entire story, and that's not really done in love. No, not no. And there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, <laughs> but we don't have time. We're going to break. Go to masculinejourney.org to register for the boot camp coming up November 16th through 19th. Talk to you after the break. What we have at our boot camp is something that makes you stronger and gives you the strength to go on your regular walk with God. It's something that will make you be bigger than you were when you got there. I've been coming regularly and it's just such a blessing. When you guys invited me, I was at the worst time of my Christian walk. I was going through some things. The first time I came, I don't know if you remember, I was couldn't even walk. I couldn't even stand up straight. And uh, I'm walking now. I ain't running around a lake yet, but you know. <laughs> the greatest things is just being around a group of men that love the Lord and sharing his kindness and his love. Uh, all of you guys, I didn't sat and talk with all of you guys, different occasions, different conversations. And it's all been unique and and refreshing. You guys gave me a whole different perspective in life. And you can't hide the true, genuine love of God. You can't hide it. Register today at MasculineJourney.org. Well, you countryfied that up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, we were trying to run, me and Art's trying to run a bluegrass theme oh, right okay. here. So, yeah, yeah, you're getting close. No, that, tell us about the bone. That was from a group called the Steel Drivers. They're kind of a bluesy bluegrass band that we actually went and seen up in Lincolnton, I think, a couple of years ago. Super nice bunch, and uh, I love their music. Obviously, you don't, but that's okay. Um well, that was jumping to conclusion. <laughs> Maybe accurate, but still, it was jumping to conclusion. Oh, but the song is, is is about. They do a lot of songs that have the story behind Civil War stuff, mm. and the song is is actually the story of a man who's in, entrapped in slavery, and they're getting ready to escape. So he's asking his wife, "Can you run? Because they've got an opportunity to go." And the lyrics are, you know, they're talking about, "Can you run?" But he says. He before he dies, he's gonna wrap his hands around a musket. But the start of it was contraband can be a man with a musket on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. 
but he's not only going to gain his own freedom by escaping where he's at, but he's also going to turn and fight for others' freedom. So, and I talk about warfare. You know, there's a choice you have to make. You have to stand and fight. Yeah. But you have to learn yeah. to fight the right way is what we're talking about yeah. because, you know, you can go raging into battle and what is the phrase you boot camp? You can charge the field quickly and uh, bravely and die quickly. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you don't want to do that. But right. so that's that's the that's the bump. So Yeah, and there is the the whole piece of warfare that you mentioned is fighting for others. Right? Because it it's hard enough fighting for yourself, you know, that it's it helps when you have brothers, or you have sisters or other people that will fight alongside you, you know, in the battle. You know, to help you kind of fight against that warfare. And, and we need those people. We, we, we do. Have, we need those people. So Yeah, we need people to speak truth into our life and speak love into our life and, and uh, help us see, you know, how God sees us because a lot of times we've, we've lost that sight so easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Help us break agreements. Yep. Well, you have a microphone in front of you. I think you're next with your clip. I am. Okay. Yeah. All right. Danny picked. You going to so. speak the truth in love? It's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> So this is from Andy Griffiths in honor of Danny's topic tonight. So, uh, but this is from the show. I think this is my second favorite Andy Griffiths show. Um, it's it's um, from uh, I think the title of it is feuding or whatever. So it's a takeoff on the Hatfields and the McCoys. It's a Wakefield and the Carters, and like Romeo and Juliet, they have a daughter and a son. Uh, from each side that they're going to get married and it's brought them into more feuding, which they didn't need much uh, encouragement. They were doing pretty good on the feuding before this, but it just kind of goes in and and just the mentality. They don't even, you'll find out in listening to the clip that they don't even really know why they're fighting and and, um, who the enemy really is and stuff. So let's listen to the clip. Well, now, you must have a pair of mighty sharp eyes there. I don't see no Carters. You don't? No, I don't. I was afraid of that. <laughs> Thank you for chair. Have you drink of water. <coughs> uh, sorry about putting a gun on you last night, Sheriff. But a fellow's got a responsibility to see that his young'uns is brung up right, ain't he? Oh, of course he does. Don't worry a thing about it. At times, a fella gets mighty discouraged. He tries and he tries to teach him right from wrong, but this late generation just plain ain't got no respect for the elders. Well, now, I don't know now. Maybe your reason for feuding with the Carters just don't seem strong enough to young Josh. No, it ain't that. How you know it ain't? Because he don't know the reason. He don't? You mean you ain't never told him? Nope. Well, how come? Because I don't know the reason. You mean your pa never did tell you? Nope. Well, why? Well, it could be because he didn't know the reason either. Well, who was the last Wakefield that didn't know the reason? I must have been his grandpa. Well, then how come he didn't pass along the reason? Well, it could be the time his young'un got old enough to join the feuding that my great-grandpa just clear light forgot it. Oh, I'll be dog. Now, do you mean to tell me that you've been carrying on a feud for four generations without knowing why? Why not? Well, I don't know. It just seems to me if I was going to take a shot at a fella, it passed my mind to ask what for. I'll be dinged if I know where you young folks get all them newfangled ideas. Reason, Sheriff? Of course I know the reason I'm shooting at him. Well, well how come? Because he's a Wakefield. Well, what does that mean to you? Well, it means got to shoot at him. Well, why do you have to shoot at him? Because he's a Wakefield. Well, why do you have to shoot at the Wakefields? 
Because we're feuding. Well, why are you feuding? Because he's awake. You know, I don't believe you're understanding me. <laughs> and that's the problem. A lot We don't really understand the spiritual battle that we're in. And, uh, you know, Ephesians 6 says we wrestle not against Wakefield and Carter, but against principalities and powers of spiritual uh, play, uh wickedness in high places, and I just interjected that, but that's the whole thing, is it's flesh and blood, really, that we ended up wrestling against, and the enemy loves to get it. He'll, he'll instigate stuff and get us fighting with one another, and a lot of that that fighting is a lot of times how agreements enter in, because it's something that somebody else says that we begin to agree with, and we think we're agreeing with that person and their take on something, but really we're agreeing with the enemy. And his foothold that he's got on got us on some wound or some something that's happened to us. But you know, I just love that uh, because that that clip really is where we're at. A lot of times, we don't really know who we're fighting against, and a lot of times we don't know why. They didn't know why there was a history there, and then we project that onto the people that are around us of why we or fighting, and we don't really even know, but we've got everybody stirred up and stuff. And, you know, it's just the thing is the enemy loves to keep us stirred up mm-hmm. against one another. And and he, he also doesn't – he wants us to be unaware of what we're really fighting against him. He'd love to put the target on God or each other and stuff. So, anyway, it's I just think it makes the point well. I mean, I think he uses it as a tactic to keep us confused – yeah. Uh, to the point where we can start, he can start isolating us. And once, oh, yeah. I mean, I know you all know it, and probably a lot of our listeners. Once you get isolated, you know you're going down a, a pretty, pretty rough, yeah. rough battle road at that point. Yeah, no doubt. Oh yeah, you become lion chow pretty quickly for the roaring lion who's looking for people to devour. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Uh, the real scary one in that is, you know, I think about unfortunately how the different denominations view. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what, what you know well i'm mad at them because they're a methodist you know or i'm mad at them because they're a catholic you know or whatever it is that they're yeah. the, 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 they're, they're right and they and, and you know they're not really sure why they differ but you know they we've been against them for i don't know how many generations and so we know they couldn't be right or you know. even within denominations <laughs> when you have a divide in the denominations where this one doesn't like this of the same denomination yeah it's it's crazy we have all of nine elders that are the ruling part of our church. Is it, are they from the Lord of the Rings? Uh, <laughs> you'd think. Uh, I've always liked Gimli. I'm going to be Gimli. Okay. And the elf really irritates me sometimes. But <laughs> uh, with him remaining nameless, though, uh, we often butt heads on issues. But he said to me, and it gave me a, a little bit of a, pleasant surprise yesterday that, well, you know, we agree on 99.9% of the stuff. And I had to say, yeah, we do. And when we're looking at that 0.1%, we're going to fight. But if we can focus on the, even if it's 50, you focus on the parts you agree on and you'll get along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The enemy is really good at getting us to assign motives to other people's behavior yeah, that's one that I, I tend to fall into, you know, and we don't know really what's going on. You know, we only know what we perceive, right? And, and so he's good at, at uh, fueling the fire once he's seen a spark start, 
you know, he'll just keep pouring it on and pouring it on. You know, one of the things that we talk about heading into a boot camp, which we are, we have one coming up in three weeks. If I haven't told you that like four times, there is one coming up in three weeks. So go register at masculinejourney.org. But aside from that, you know, we talk about as approaching a boot camp, you know, um, and then especially after a boot camp, no major decisions. You know, you got to give yourself a, a week or two just to decompress because you got to expect warfare, right? Because the times that we have had issues within the ministry is we've jumped into things right after a boot camp or right after an event, you know, instead of, okay, let's, let's let some things settle down. Let's not pay attention to our emotions. Let's let God be God, you know, and do his stuff. And then we'll, we'll come back and revisit it. And, and the majority of that stuff just goes away because the end of the day, by the time you're a week out or you're two weeks out, it's like, that really wasn't that big of a deal. You know, that really wasn't something to be frustrated about like I was or, or what, uh, as the case may be, you know, it's just looking at that and saying, okay, we're going to be intentional. And we do that after every boot camp. We remind each other leaving boot camp, no big decisions, you know, not the time to accept a new job. Maybe, maybe you want to pray about it a little bit longer. Or, you know, there's some things here because the enemy's going to try to come in and, and trip you up pretty quickly. You know, he does that all the time, but he especially ramps it up right after boot camp. Yeah, when I went to um, Ohio to the um, the becoming a king that I did with them, you know, it's like I'd been going along pretty good at work. I got three things were really jeopardized my some of the sales that I was working on right before boot camp, and then used to that would take me out and be worrying about it and think, but no, I'm not doing that. I am not doing that. I know what it is. I see it for what it is. But those things are there. They're real. And a lot of times the enemy so wants you to say, no, nah, that's just something that this happened or not. If you, That's the way I used to live. Now you take a more proactive approach of dealing with those, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ when they happen. It changes everything. It changes your attitude. And then those important times, because you're really going to battle for your heart there when you're at a boot camp, you're protecting that. Then you're able to make a, a strides and advances. So. Mm-hmm. So before we, we end this particular segment of the show, we've got about a minute left. Um, what advice would you give them? You know, I, am I facing warfare? Well, first of all, the answer is yes. <laughs> Not are you, you know, am I? Yes, you are. Right. But, but what do you do with that? You know, what would you suggest that they do with that? Well, first and foremost, I would pray about what God would want you to do with it. But understand that you will get through it. Um, for sure, using the the tools in the Bible that you learned, as well as doing it with God. Go to After Hours and download the podcast on any platform, and we have more on the subject. We do. We're going to talk more about this as we come up on the After Hours and go to any platform and do that. But first, go to masculinejourney.org and register for what? The boot camp that's coming up in about three weeks. It's November 16th through 19th. If you're having financial trouble with it, let us know. We'll find a way to help you. We'll talk with you next week. This is the Truth Network.